What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of Dad College. My name is Cam. His name is Dave. And we're sitting at the coolest podcasting table on the planet Earth. I don't know if it's the coolest, but I'm pretty proud of my little my little table here. Okay, I'll put a picture in the show notes so people know. But Dave has completed the table that he built. He's taken all of our beer caps from the last... It's approximately almost, three years. Almost three years worth of beer. And he has arrayed them on the table and covered them in a clear epoxy. And it looks... And he didn't even tell me. I just walked <laughs> down to the basement where we record and was like, oh, what is this masterpiece? So uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, or a picture in the show notes, and you guys can appreciate the wonders of Dave's craftsmanship. What would be cooler than this? I, You know what? I don't know if there's anything... I, like cool factor, I don't know. Maybe if there was like a keg built into it, it just refilled my <laughs> drink every time. But yes, I have to say I'm very happy with how this turned out, and um, vast majority of these, um, probably seventy five percent plus, have come from beverages that Cam and I and others that have done podcasting have consumed while doing this, and then there's a handful of my own private. Adult beverages that I've enjoyed, including uh, family vacations. So those would be all the Budweiser. Those yes. are all the Budweisers and the Dosakis. Do, the Dosakis, and I think even the Land Shark are Probably. pretty much from. I think when we moved into our house, I think I bought Land Shark. That sounds right for the guys that were helping us move. So, um, but there's 900 to a thousand bottle caps. I don't know exactly because my rows aren't even and they aren't uniform, but. Um, well, we'll settle on 900. That sounds Let's less say 900. And my wife was mildly appalled that <laughs> I was in possession of that many bottle caps because she looked at me and said, "Did you drink all these?" And I said, "Well, no. These this truly this represents um for me personally, this represents uh relationships. Uh conversations that have been had over um a bottle of brew and um I guess if I had to say, it just it just makes me happy um, that I have something concrete to kind of represent this, and uh, I am thankful for all the people that have shared um, a beer with me. Vast majority of those, which I think I've used twice now on this podcast, vast majority has been Cam. So, thank you for your contribution to the table. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me and my gut. Uh, no, it's good. Um, I didn't think of it that way as a concrete representation of what we've done over the past three years. That's really cool. I was just blown away by how awesome it is just to look at. But yeah, when you think about it that way, it's pretty neat to think that we've done, what, 100 and... 100 plus, 100 and... Well, we're at we're at one nineteen with just this in master class. You throw in it's a trap. We're almost at one twenty or one thirty. <sighs> Hashtag feelings. God, I just said <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at myself. I just ruined a really good moment between friends. Oh no, no, no. By saying something stupid. Well, listeners don't know this, but we just had like some pretty heavy conversation before we recorded. Uh, which is good because this episode of Dad College, thank you listeners for obliging us with that little three-minute um, 
trip down memory lane. Yeah, trip down memory lane. Uh, but today's episode of Dad College is going to be a little more fun, a little more, a little more, a lot more practical. We've kind of gotten off into good stuff, but definitely more theoretical or um, philosophical approaches to how you parent and that sort of stuff. Um, but today's episode is going to be something a little more um, fun and definitely a lot more practical. Yep. Um, and what is that topic, sir? So my, I, my, my thought was is that as dads, traditionally we are not the ones who uh, provide meals for our family. And I'm not going to say that there aren't guys out there that, who do this on a regular basis, but for I'm most of I'm the cook in my house. <laughs> are you? Yeah. <laughs> but for many of us, uh, we don't traditionally um, provide the meals. But as a dad, and as a dad who is uh, an active participant in our life with our kids, um, we are probably going to find us ourselves at that moment where we have to do lunch, where we have to do dinner. And granted, I'll concede that dinner doesn't always have to be fun. Lunch doesn't always have to be uh, the highlight of the day. However, I do believe that it is something where um, we can put a little bit effort into that and, um, make lunch something that's not just about, uh, meeting a physical need, but, uh, that can also be a little bit of fun and can, um, help our kids kind of see the, um, blessing of just being able to have a meal and not wonder where that next one is coming from on a little bit of the lighter side. So that's where we're headed tonight, I hope. Or today. Yeah, whatever time it is. Whatever it is. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I like food. I like cooking food. I like eating food. I do too. Um, I will say, real quick, before we get into the practical stuff, I was listening to um, an episode of the Nerdist podcast that Chris Hardwick hosts, and he was interviewing Greg Kinnear, which... uh, I wasn't really going to listen to, but I was listening to the Russell Brand episode before that, which was very, <laughs> like, it was really interesting. Is he still with Katy Perry? No. He, they Long time no. Divorced. He's married <laughs> with a baby to somebody oh, else. Oh, really? Um, but he's been sober for like 15 or 18 years. Hey, good for him. It's incredible. And Hardwick's been sober. He said it's going to be 15 years, well, in October. It's an it's episode from earlier in the summer that I saved because I was like, I have to listen to that conversation because I think Russell Brand is brilliant. I think like if you actually listen to him talk, like the the way that he thinks, the vocabulary that he has, like he used two or three words. I was like, I've never heard that before. And I like to think I have a pretty broad vocabulary. I may not always use it, but I know it. Um, and I just, I find him fascinating. His accent's great. He's hysterical, but he's a very smart guy. And they had like a very like open spiritual conversation. And wow. like, neither of them are Christians, but like, at least Russell himself is familiar with scripture. And he, but he's familiar with like all the major religions and doctrines and scriptures. And, you know, uh, like he's talking about Carl Jung in his um, uh, psychology and, you know, all this stuff. And I was just like, Dude, you're a stand-up comic. Cool it, man. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I listened to that while I was uh, cleaning up my backyard because we rebuilt our deck, and uh, the Greg Kinnear episode started, and I was like, eh, I guess I'll listen. And it turned out to be a really good episode. He's a funnier than I thought he was. 
but I know him as like actor in, you know, movies, not as in like host of the original talk soup. Um, but anyways, all of this really, 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 really long story to get to the point where he said he learned he has three daughters, no sons. And, uh, apparently he's at least on talking terms with Phil Mickelson, who also has daughters. And he said the best piece of advice he got from Phil on the daughters is making sure on a routine basis to go out and have breakfast one-on-one with each daughter. Now, obviously he's rich and and can, you know, probably have breakfast (laughs) at swanky places. But the idea is that as a dad, as you're raising, you know, teenage college, you know, adult daughters that you take time alone with each one to, you know, like intentionally have that, that conversation, that meal. Cause it's easy. It's easier to talk about. Like, I think one of the reasons me and you have beer when we talk is it's easier to have a conversation with somebody when there's food involved. Somehow that lowers, you know, your, uh, inhibitions, not cause we're drinking too much, <laughs> Maybe. but, but because there's just something about sharing a meal or sharing a drink together that, that lowers your, your, um, your walls of yeah. defensiveness. Breaking bread. Exactly. Yep. It, there's just something communal and, um, almost like spiritual seems like, uh, uh, an excessive term, but there's just something human about sharing a meal or a drink with somebody and in doing that specifically with your children one-on-one showing them that you care about them, that you're, that they're special, that you're interested in. I just thought like in the middle of a comedy interview podcast to have that little nugget, I was like, that's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that for, you know, when my kids are older. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the the theory for today. We can get down to the practicality, Dave. So sure. How do you want to? How do you want to approach this segment? We didn't really chat about it before we no. hit the big red record button. No, we did not. Um, you know, I. So one of the things I guess I want to come back up a little bit is that I would encourage those of you who are who consider yourself a follower of Jesus, who are somebody of faith, that some of these some of the best conversations or some of the things that you see often come from non-Christians, people who do not consider themselves as a follower of Jesus. In twofold in that, one, um, it doesn't mean that what they have to give is not worthwhile. Because I, I, I think non-Christians often have things that they present to the world that are just absolutely mind-blowing, that are absolutely just genius, that are just like, wow, that is, that is awesome what you have to share right here. And I think we need to embrace that more often, because the second piece of that is, is that I think there's, there's an opportunity to be in a relationship with people who may not know Jesus. And we can engage with them. Um, we can accept that which they present to the world and say, I see Jesus in that. I see God in that. I see this something that is divine that may be not maybe readily apparent, but I'll just speak for me personally. I don't want to be dismissive of people just because they don't know Jesus in the moment that I am engaging with them, because there is a very real chance that they may come to know him 
And that is an opportunity that I shouldn't just dismiss. Um, and then the second piece, I guess, is is that um, we serve a very big God who reveals himself in so many different ways. And for us to get so consumed with just whether this is Christian or not Christian is not probably the proper way to do that. And so... Um, Our God is a creative God, and I think he desires for us to be creative. And for those of us who consider ourselves, uh, well, for those of us who are dads, and maybe some of us think, hey, I'm a fun dad, I'm a creative dad. Uh, I think one of the ways that we can manifest that self is through meals or through food. Um, And we haven't spent a lot of time talking about practical things, about fun things, and as I thought about today's topic, that was one of the things that kind of came to me was we need to just do something that's kind of fun, kind of practical. And so our discussion will hopefully be something that kind of points you towards this is something I can do with my kids and this is mm-hmm. something I can do that will help them. Um, well, I don't even know what. Just enjoy themselves, have fun, uh, be present in the moment. Uh, I, I don't even want to go too deep with this, which I feel like I kind of was like on the and we already have. <laughs> I was like I was on the borderline <laughs> doing of just the like meal time can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well yeah, and I think too like if you can include your kids in the making of the meal time and that Definitely. part of the fun, like yes. that takes some of the burden off of oh gosh now I got to cook for everybody. Yeah, because like if you make it a game or you make it a team effort. And like it's way more fun to cook dinner when you're showing your eight year old how to boil pasta or yep. you're showing your ten year old how to spread marinara sauce on a pizza. Or I went really Italian there, didn't I? Sorry, my family <laughs> heritage. Not Italian, but we cook like we are. Uh, you know, or you're showing your you're showing your fifteen year old how to grill burgers or steaks. Uh, you know, Absolutely. or how to roast corn on the grill, or how to properly, you know, slice vegetables so they don't cut their fingers off. Like those are good skills, but can also be fun. Um, so, for example, this is one of the things that we did in my house growing up, or my parents' house, I should say. I just lived there; they own it. <laughs> uh, not anymore; they moved. Um, but my dad managed Domino's Pizza before he became a realtor. Oh. And so pizza on our house was a serious thing. Um, and so every Friday when I was in, it was probably when I was in high school. Yeah, because that would, my sisters would have been, they're four and seven years younger than I am. So they would have been old enough to do, and so it was make your own pizza night on Fridays. And everyone got their own little personal pizza. And it kind of became a competition between me and my sisters of who could make the best pizza. And so, I mean, we're talking like goat cheese, sun-dried tomatoes, <laughs> artichoke hearts, um, blue cheese, uh, olive oil, and salt and seasoning on the crust. I put anchovies and grossed my sisters out with it. Um, and it became like a friendly competition, um, but it was a family uh time because we were all in the kitchen we were all making our pizzas we were all spinning the dough and kneading it and you know adding the cheese and and making the pizza unique to what we wanted but also all doing it together yeah um now you don't have to get that extravagant like my parents are total foodies (laughs) like 
my mom watches, you know, the Food Network and gets the cookbooks and then looks at it and goes, that's good, but it would be better if you change these two things. Like, they're way into <laughs> really good food, and I'm grateful for it. So, but that, I mean, that for me, like that, I will never forget Friday night pizzas. Yep. Because that was like a, we all got together and we got to express, you know, our different characteristics through the pizza. We got to have fun. We got to cook it together and, and that sort of stuff. And it wasn't perfect every week, you know, some nights it sucked, but like that to me is something like, how can I find that? How can I take that and do something like that for my family when my kids are older? How, how can I, it might not be pizza. It might be, you know, it might be pancakes on Saturday morning with sausage and bacon and making Mickey mouse pancakes or, you know, one eyed sailors, which are a ton of fun <laughs> toast and eggs. Yeah. And you can make fun little shapes in the toast and, and drop the egg in there and cook it and all that stuff. But yeah, like trying to think of ways that I can take that memory that I have and give that to my kids in a, in a new and unique way. Yeah. And I, I think you hit on kind of what one of the central things that I think as dads, as families that we should do together. And that's, that is make the meal not where one person labors and everybody else benefits from the, the meal, but everybody contributes. And mm-hmm. pizza is a great example of that. And you can do, um, I mean, you can make a pizza so many different ways. You can do, um, well, I can't even think of what they're called. <laughs> I want to say Egg McMuffin, but that's not what I'm thinking of. What are those things called that an Egg McMuffin is made on? An uh, English muffin. English muffin, yeah. So you can do English muffins. You can actually get like... A French uh, baguette and do it that style. Yeah, a French baguette and do it that style. Um, you can go buy, you know, pizza crust. They have ready-made pizza crust from DiGiorno to gluten-free to whatever. And you um, might even be able to go to your local pizza shop and just say, hey, can I just yeah, buy some dough? Can I get some dough? That's what we did for a long time, and then management switched, and he's like, no, I'm not selling you dough. So my mom's <laughs> like, fine, I'll make it from scratch. You don't need to do that, though. You can, like Dave said, yeah, you well, can find the, it. the Pillsbury um, biscuits. Oh. Ooh. If you take Pillsbury biscuits and you, like, um, use the... Um, rolling pin? Rolling pin, and you spread them out, that'll work as well. There are multiple ways that you can make a pizza crust, but then you add the, the, the you know, the tomato paste and the, the mozzarella cheese or whatever what kind of cheese you want to use, and then toppings. And like you said, there's kind of this competition of... What can I do to make it better than the other people? Or even using the toppings to make a funny design, like a smiley face or a goofy fish or like an octopus or a palm tree or, you know, whatever you want. Like, it's a way to connect with your kids while you make it together, but it's also a way for them to kind of maybe express their creativity, you know, and, oh, I want this one to look like a kitty cat. Well, you can shape the pizza to look like a cat head. Yep. Round circle, two triangle <laughs> ears, there's extra slices. Like it's good to go, you know? Yep. And so and and so yeah, very much. And there is truly uh as somebody who worked in a pizza place for many, many years, there is nothing and I will stand behind that, you know, there is nothing that doesn't taste good on a pizza. <laughs> you put it on a pizza, it'll work. Pineapple, mm. you know, whatever it may be, barbecue sauce. Green olives. Um, the, well, probably the, the, the strangest pizza that I ever made at the pizza place uh, had sauerkraut on it, but it was still good. Interesting. Yeah, we made a sauerkraut pizza. So anyway. But it was sausage. It'd be delicious. Yes. 
and so and so that's the thing um, is to be creative, uh, do something where everybody gets an opportunity uh, to contribute. And they're really, like you said, it's just, there's no right or wrong. Um, but making a meal can be something where everybody participates. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might find somebody that has a knack for it and others that don't. And um, It's all right. They can do the silverware. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 yeah, it's, it's interesting that you brought that up because I think that is just a great example. I mean, that is, we, we didn't have an opportunity to talk about this before we turn the recorder on, but I, that is exactly kind of that idea of what I had of just everybody participating, being creative and enjoying that process Mm -hmm. of making dinner together. And I doubt that this would ever happen, but even if it's bad, you've still had that memory of creating it together. Yeah. And everyone has to own it. It's not like, Oh mom, dinner sucks. (laughs) It's like, Oh man, we all really screwed the pooch on this one. Didn't we? (laughs) Exactly. Like, and, and I, I agree, but you're also teaching your kids valuable, like you're giving them valuable information and skills. Yes. Like the reason I can cook is because my parents showed me how, and I was interested in it, you know, but like they let me cut the vegetables. They let me, you know, cook the pasta. They let me you know, they let me in the kitchen and gave me access to this is how you do it. And this is why you do it this way. And because of that, as a grown man, I can cook for myself and my family. And it's, you know, as a kid, it was my parents letting me get engaged. Um, but it set me up for my future of being able to, you know, provide for myself and not having to go to Wendy's because I can't cook. Yeah. Or not eating, you know, grilled cheese and pancakes every day because I can't cook. Yeah, and that's although grilled cheese and pancakes are <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying no. you might, you know, you need to expand your, your repertoire. And it's interesting that you bring that up because as I was thinking about this, that was kind of one of the things that just hit me uh, is that we need to provide our children with that opportunity to to learn mm-hmm. and, and maybe even to fail a little bit, to burn something or to, yeah, you know, whatever it may be of just, this is how our kids learn to provide for their family is by doing it at home. And that if we create that environment where um, failure is a possibility. Well, yeah, you burn a- the heck out of the eggs. Exactly. Oh, well, then that's okay. Now, you know. Now you know. The house will stink for three days, but it's okay because you <laughs> learned your lesson. You did learn your lesson. So, uh, you know, and then the other thing I think that is very true with being a dad and being kids is that um, sometimes you have to be very practical. Uh, time doesn't allow to be creative. Time doesn't allow for you to do uh, these fun things. And your primary objective is to get the kids fed and get them to bed. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's that's a, a reality. Um, I don't know if you have anything that you particularly do when you're looking to get the kids in bed, but... Well, unfortunately, my child refuses to true. sleep. So <laughs> uh, we don't have that problem because <laughs> she, you know, I mean, she sleeps, but it's like you, she, it took us an hour to get her to bed last night. And I realize I'm not the only person, and I realize most people are, you know, or some people are going to say, oh, yeah, two hours, buddy. You got it easy. 
it's just not fun when your kid is teething and snotty and in pain yeah. and so tired but refuses to fall asleep. It, you know, it's just, you know, it is what it is. But anyways, um, I mean, I've got it easy because right now my kid is, you know, she's still, she's 11 months. She's almost a year. And so she's on, she's like, you know, part bottle, part baby food, part solid food. She's in that really weird stage where like kind of everything that's natural yeah. is on the table. Like my dad gave her a, uh, a piece of Brussels sprout the other day. She ate it and like three minutes later just puked it back <laughs> up. And it was like neon green. and gr- So like Brussels sprouts aren't good, but avocado is fine. Peaches are good. Banana's fine. Um, but like as far as like quick stuff is concerned, um, I, I'm thinking back to like when I was a kid, the things that I love that were super easy, ants on a log, celery, peanut butter, and raisins. Super easy, healthy. I mean, literally, you get a piece of celery, you slap some peanut butter in it, you drop some raisins on it. Boom. Kids think it's awesome. <laughs> they don't realize they're eating vegetables and getting protein. Um, I mentioned uh, pancakes earlier. Uh, those are super easy, super cheap, super fast. And you can make them into fun shapes. And the kid gets to put, you know, syrup or butter or jam or whatever. Uh, you can make toast into fun shapes. Just get like cookie cutters with your toast, and you can make toast that's like a st- shape of a star. I'm sure they have like Star Wars cookie cutters. And but if you do that with your toast, you can make the toast look fun, or you can cut pieces out of the toast and do the one-eyed sailor with the cracked egg on the toast. And you can just, I mean, that's super easy and super cheap. Bread and eggs and pancakes are not expensive. No, not at all. It's like. Two or three bucks yep. for a dozen eggs or a loaf of bread or a box of pancake mix. Yep. Like you're not, you're not making a tuna niçoise salad, <laughs> you know, which is great, but a lot more expensive. Yes. Um, other fun, cheap stuff. Uh, we mentioned pizza already. Um, fun sandwiches, you know, like PB and J is a classic, but again, if you make it in a fun shape or let your kid put the peanut butter on and put the gel and if they make a mess, throw them in the shower afterwards. Right. And guess what? Food, shower, bed. It works. Yep. Um, you could do like a taco night, you know, something a little more exotic. But let the kid build their own taco. Yeah. Hel- you know, here's the refried beans. Here's the black beans. Here's the rice. Here's the meat. Here's the cheese. Here's the tomatoes. What would you like? Boom, boom. And if it's a mess, it's a mess. Like, yep. you know, going into the taco night. It's going it, to be a mess. Even for adults, <laughs> it's going to be a mess. You know? Um, and then as your kid gets older, showing them how to grill, showing them how to saute, showing them how to um, work two pans at once. You've got yeah. your vegetables in one pan, your meat in the other. Understanding the heat on you know, a gas stove or an electric stove or how to work an oven. I mean, you, the, people, the amount of people that don't know how to work a stove or an oven... Absolutely. Like effectively, like, yeah. oh, I just throw it on high. Why? Because it'll get done faster. No, no you're going to burn it and dry <laughs> it out and it's going to taste like garbage. Yep. Um, sorry, I like food. Um, <laughs> am, I, am I at all being helpful? Oh, I, uh, yeah, Sorry, absolutely. I just kind of like went with that. But, but that's, I, there is so much about preparing a meal that I think... Um, one lends itself to us being a parent and being an example uh, to our children and to imparting knowledge onto them. And that may be as simple as, you know, 
going and buying pre-made cookie dough and explain to them, here's what you set the stove at mm-hmm. or the oven. Here's what you th- set the oven at. Here's how you space it out. You put it in there and this is how long it takes. Um, because a lot of those things just don't happen. Uh, I, I, I guess my experience would be a lot of that doesn't happen between parents and kids. Um, you know, teaching a kid, when does water boil and how do you know that it's boiling? And then what do you do? Because, uh, mac and cheese or ramen could very much be a staple of your diet when you were in college. And I think your kids need, (laughs) your kids need to know how to do those kinds of things, uh, before they leave the house. You know, I was kind of known as my girls were growing up for making breakfast on Saturday or Sunday morning or Christmas morning Mm -hmm. or whatever. And as I look back on it, those breakfasts were not very good. (laughs) They really, they really weren't. But there was kind of this idea of, oh, dad's making breakfast. So So I'd make pancakes, I'd make eggs, I'd make bacon, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's just something about doing that, that. Um, I, one, I think your kids get to participate in, and two, you're kind of instilling in them this idea of being able to provide, uh, for themselves. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's important to do. I think it is important to do. Yeah. And I, I think too, the, the family aspect of it, like, I don't know, like I've come, I, I think I've come to the realization that my experience around like dinner with the family is different than a lot of people. Like we had family dinner all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I know people that are like, Oh, we only do family dinner on Sunday. What do you do the rest of the week? Like I get that you're busy and I'm not being judgmental. I'm just confused. <laughs> do you all just eat cereal? Yeah. Like I, it, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But like for me, and I think it was, I, you know, I was blessed to have parents that were around and had flexible enough schedules because of the jobs they had that they were able to be around. And obviously memory is selective. So I'm sure there are plenty of nights where like they just slap something together and, you know, I was off to soccer practice and Katie was, you know, I don't know what she was doing off to book club or, or whatever. And Rachel was still a kid. Um, but like my memories of my childhood are eating together. Mm-hmm. And I know this was like, you know, the late nineties and the early two thousands, like the, the good old days apparently. <laughs> um, but like, it wasn't an option not to have family dinner. Like there wasn't dinner was family dinner. There was no dinner and like they, it was the same thing. And like people are busy. I get it. But busyness is a choice. Your kid doesn't have to do 17 after school activities. Mm-hmm. They yep. can. You sacrifice certain things because of that, but they don't have to. That's not a requirement. Right. And my, that was one thing my parents were big on for, you know, for better or for worse. Who knows? I could have been the world's greatest Boy Scout, but I couldn't do Boy Scouts because I was playing soccer and I had to choose between the two. Yep. Um, but I just, I guess my encouragement is like make family dinner a thing. And I know, like, when you get home after a long day of work, the last thing you probably want to do is spend an hour cooking. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, yeah, I don't want to. I can. I don't want to because I'm just tired. You know, I just, I've been up since five. I just want to throw on a frozen pizza and 
watch Jimmy Fallon and go to bed. <laughs> Which is like, okay, there are days like that, but if that becomes my life, mm-hmm. like really? And if you can include your children and give your children tasks and educate them and give them skills and you can, you know, make that chicken Caesar salad or you can make that lasagna and you can show your kid like these are skills, but you're also building memories and you're building quality time together where there isn't a TV involved and there isn't a phone involved unless maybe to look the recipe up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I realize we're back into the theoretical here. We've gotten away from the practical, <laughs> but that's just kind of how we roll. Unfortunately, well, no, no, not, not unfortunately. It is what it is. We're yep. good with it. But like, you can make memories and you can make an impact on your kid's life by spending time in the kitchen with them. Yep. Especially as a dad, mom should be all over it. Absolutely. Yeah. And my wife will show my kids how to bake. Yeah. Cause I hate baking. <laughs> I think it's like, I just don't even like sweets. Right. I just don't. So like she'll show them how to bake and we'll have fun with that. And I will show them how to cook. Um, do you have any, if we can maybe end on a, uh, a practical note, are there any meals or ideas? I feel like we should end there with some, some rapid fire ideas for, for meals or ways to, you know, engage your kids around food. Sure. Cause like we need to eat. Yeah. So I might as well enjoy it. Yeah. You know? So I, I, yeah, as you were talking, one of the things that kind of hit to me was I would encourage you as a dad, not parents together collectively, but as a dad, Send your kids off from their, their home as they go off to college, if they go off to military, as they go off to do whatever it is that they're going to do after graduating high school, with at least 10 meals that they can make. Uh, because I think that would be incredibly helpful for them to be able to do those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, there are the, the pretty standard things that we've talked about in terms of being able to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, being able to do uh ramen noodles or something like that we can aim higher than that but yeah i think there are those things that you can kind of say hey these are things that i hope you can do um once you leave the house and i'll I'll brag on olivia a little bit here um so her mom is a nurse i'm a police officer her mom was working a 24-hour shift i came home the other day and Olivia had made us a chicken breast and green beans. And she did this completely on her own. I didn't ask her to do it. Her mom didn't ask her to do it. She had taken the initiative to um, make a chicken breast and then some green beans. And That's a good meal. It, is a, it was a really good meal. And so the green beans can be done a couple of different ways. You can do green beans in the oven. Uh, you can do green bean, or I'm sorry, you can do the chicken in the oven. You can do the chicken on the stovetop. Uh, you can do chicken on the grill. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And she chose to get a pan, put some oil in there, and mm. uh, fry Keep up. nice and moist, yeah. Yeah, fry up a handful of, of chicken breasts for me and her and her brother. And then she did the same with uh, some fresh green beans. And so... um. I, I was very proud of her. I was very impressed with her. I was very thankful that she did that when I got <laughs> home. Uh, she's 16 months away from being 17. 
and uh, it was something very simple that she did that she took the initiative on her own um, that fed us. And so uh, I was grateful for that, that she, she did that. So that's something that I think um, in most families, um, a meat and a vegetable, and how do you prepare the meat? How do you prepare the vegetable? And then how do you eat it as a family? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that would be my first one. Yeah. Um, I would, um, man, now I'm thinking about chicken and green beans. <laughs> Sounds really good. I wonder what we're going to do for dinner tonight. I'm not really sure either. Probably, probably not actually, because it's, it's Halloween as we record this. Yes, 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 and and the daylight is fleeting. So, um, so I, yeah, I've mentioned pizza, I've mentioned pancakes and eggs and like omelets and that sort of stuff. Um, you should learn how to make a salad that your kids will actually eat. Uh huh. And that might include chicken breast. It might include tuna. It might include, you know, carrots and tomatoes and mushrooms and croutons and red peppers and green peppers and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, But, like, they don't have to douse it in ranch. (laughs) This is true. You know? Yes. Um, Other things uh, that are easy, like if you have a crock pot, you can do pulled pork. Yeah, crock pots are great. Like you can get a big honkin' pork roast, throw it in your crock pot, put some salt, some pepper, a little bit of cayenne, and some garlic, and put it on eight hours, and then guess what you got? Pulled pork at the end of the day. Yeah. And you can have barbecue. Yep. Like it's now that one doesn't really include the kids, but it's super easy. Yeah. Um things that, that are great with younger kids was like hand foods. So like maybe doing a fondue night. That one's going to take more preparation, but they get to dip their food in like the cheeses and, and eat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, taco nights. Um, and trying to expose your kids to different food types or different ways to eat. Like one of the things that, that I was exposed to as a kid was like my parents, we ate you know, Italian food and we ate, you know, like classic American food and we ate like French food and just, I was exposed to all sorts of different foods and ways to prepare that food. My tuna didn't always come in a little star kissed <laughs> can with water. Right. Um, and exposing your kids to seafood as long as they're not allergic, you know, it can be kind of fun to cook seafood you know, the little shrimps or, you know, the spongy scallops or making mussels or, you know, cause cooking fish is a lot different than cooking a chicken breast. Yep. Very much. Um, anyways, I don't know what else. So I think another thing is pasta. Yes. Teaching your kids how to get a, a pot to, how, how to boil and then how to add pasta mm-hmm. to that. And then how to determine when it is done. Mm-hmm. Um, Pasta is fairly easy, but you can overdo it or you can underdo it. So you don't want your pasta to be crunchy or uh, difficult to chew, or you don't want it to be mushy. And so uh, whether it's macaroni and cheese or whether it's spaghetti Mm. uh, and a sauce. Nice tortellini with ricotta cheese. (laughs) I think that's something that's good to teach your kids is to how to get, you know, water to a boil. Because pasta is super cheap too. So if they're, you know, in college or right out of college and broke as heck, they can get you know, a box of pasta for 99 cents and a tiny thing of olive oil for $3 and they can have at least something. 
Yep. Um, so we've got pizza, taco night, uh, breakfast stuff, um, pasta, fish. What else would be really fun? Well, and I think you indicated this too a little bit is the whole doing breakfast mm-hmm. and doing breakfast for lunch, doing breakfast for dinner. We I, love breakfast for dinner because I never too. have breakfast for breakfast. I just don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so when we get it for dinner, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sausage and bacon and um, having holiday meals is something to look forward to as well. Like we do every year for Christmas. My parents started the first tradition. We do monkey bread. Mm, and it's yeah. terrible for you. But my <laughs> Lord in heaven, is it delicious? Yes. That's like the one sweet I'm like, I crave. <laughs> it's so good. It's all caramelized and oh. But even something like cinnamon rolls, even if they're out of a can. I remember as a kid when my mom would make cinnamon rolls, I would beg her to be the one that would strip the paper off and bang the cardboard because <laughs> it would ex- explode. You know? Yeah. I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And she would let me do it. For this, for no other reason than it brought me happiness for like those two minutes. I know it's something stupid, but even letting your kids be the one that opens the stuff or gets it from the fridge for you. If they like, if you're if you're frying or sautéing something on a pan, you don't want your four year old near it for obvious reasons. Great, let them get what you need from the fridge, or let them hand you the spices, or let them sit on a chair and watch you do it, and you can coach them through it. Yeah, like there are ways to let the kids be involved that don't necessarily put them next to you know really hot oil or water. <laughs> but I feel like yeah, at this point, I don't know if you have questions or specific, I don't know recipe. Requ- I don't. This isn't a food show, but. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Was was an episode like this helpful? I don't want to end it yeah. like without you know, with with cutting you off. But like, was this nearly as practical as we thought it was? Because <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, here's 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 another piece that I will share with you is so if you're dealing with younger kids where they don't eat an entire sandwich with them for themselves, where you're gonna split a sandwich between the two, um, equity. And getting equal treatment, equal food is is a big part of it. And so uh, I'll just take the practical application of you got a couple of kids and you're going to make a peanut butter and jelly. But the two kids aren't going to eat an entire peanut butter and jelly themselves. And so you're going to split it in half. And so uh, one of the things that I did with my girls and even kids that I've babysat for is, okay, I make the peanut butter and jelly. So the first child gets to choose where the knife is going to cut the sandwich in half. And so you put the sandwich, you know, where do you want me to cut? Where do you, okay. And so they get it where they think is the very middle of the sandwich is uh-huh. going to be. And then you make the cut. And then inevitably, wherever you make the cut, there's always one piece that appears bigger than the other. So, well, first child gets to decide where the cut is going to be made. And then the second child gets to choose which, which half they are going to oh, I want to choose second every time on that deal. And so, yeah, so that's kind of one of those ways that you can kind of have. Because that kind of forces the first kid to pick more to actually, yeah, yeah. To, for it to actually be uh, equitable. And so, and, that, and that's true of just any kind of 
anytime you have to divide something, you'll let the first child kind of do the division of where do you want this to be? Where should it happen? How many pieces here? How many pieces there? That sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then the second child gets to decide ultimately which piece they're going to eat, which piece is theirs, which piece goes to the other person. And not perfect, not a hundred percent because you're still dealing with children and that <laughs> have these irrational sort of desires. But I have found that that's one of those things that uh, lends itself to um, things feeling equal. So very good. Yeah. Well, uh, do write in. Um, if yep. you have the stuff that we totally forgot about or missed things that have worked for you and your kids or worked for you when you were a child in your family, um, tips, tricks, easy recipes, uh, we want to, you know, help dads out. Yes. So if you can, if you can help, please let us know. You can do that uh, on Twitter. Dave is at David J. Hogue. I am at Cam Brennan, or you can email us hello at supermegacorp.net and we will gladly share your uh, information on the next episode. Absolutely. And also if you're listening to this in the distant future, still write in because you could still help yep. somebody. Yep. 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 And we'll share it on whatever episode comes after when you share it with us. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, until next time, um, bye. Bye.